0: Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people, I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Friday afternoon, or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin, the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at Polyglot Azrin, That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T, A-Z or Z depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social media platform is. So again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I am very, very excited as per usual to be recording this one here. I received a fascinating question yesterday in my Instagram DMs and that question is what I want to kick things off with today in the podcast. Let me read this question to you. The question is a response to actually something I mentioned in the podcast, which is the value of patience. I mentioned in the podcast and my Facebook and my Instagram a little bit everywhere, I mentioned that for me, like I've studied Mandarin on a part-time basis for five years. This is in yesterday's podcast, right? I have studied it for five years and currently I have achieved a, you know, let's call it a intermediate, a very middle intermediate level. And the question that somebody asked here, this uh, that somebody asked, it comes from at 95 underscore seven heaven. And she says the following how can some people, and I'll actually paraphrase this uh, a little bit. She basically says, how come some people end up being really, really fluent in so many different languages when it takes maybe four or five years to become fluent in one specific language? Are these people practicing multiple languages at once? Are they studying vocabulary in both languages? Like, What are they doing? And attached to this, she sent me a video with uh, Luca, what's that guy's name, Luca Lampa something, I forget his full name, he's a polyglot, he speaks many different languages, it's Luca something, with him and another individual, and they're speaking in various different languages. That is the video that she attached to this question. Um, When I saw this question, I was actually really stumped. I was a little bit confused at first, I had to really ponder it and think about it, and which is why I still have not replied to this direct message, I've been thinking about it. And I've come to the following kind of conclusion. First and foremost, with every single skill in life, everything, sports, languages, like, you know, arts and crafts, drawing, photography, painting, like, like even simple things like running, like how fast one can run. There's always a lot of people who embark upon trying to pick up a new skill. And there's a relatively small percentage of people who achieve a certain level of mastery, right? I almost view it like, um, I think, uh, like, workout people, like, personal trainers, like, everyone, right? There's a very small percentage of people that achieve a very, very, very extraordinarily high level. It's kind of like a triangle in a way. At the top of the triangle, where it's really, really small, there's a small number of people who are that good, and the further down the triangle you go, And the further down the skill level you go, the more and more people that you find. Right. And I think language learning works the same way. We have to start there that no matter, like for whatever reason, whether it's a DNA thing, whether it's how humans operate, whether it's like a life circumstance, I don't know why, but this is a, a, this is a phenomenon that occurs within language learning. And so I do believe that at some level, you know, just because someone speaks 15 languages at a conversational level or whatever and you're struggling with language number two or language number three it doesn't mean something's wrong with you it doesn't mean you're dumb heck it might not even mean that you're necessarily doing something wrong it really might you might actually be following the right steps but for some reason or another you're just not going to get the same results as the person who speaks 15 languages at a really really fluent level Maybe it's because you're just—you've got a DNA thing, and languages is not your strongest skill set. Maybe who knows? It could be because the person who speaks 15 languages started with language learning when they're seven. Who knows? And you started when you're 27. Like I'm—I'm I'm a really good example. Uh, I've been thinking about this recently. Languages have been a, a very significant part of my life since basically since birth. I grew up with English and Gujarati, so immediately that's um, that's uh, interesting, that's, that's, that's not everyone who has that kind of scenario. I went to a French immersion school, so I learned French starting at the age of five. And I remember, I've never shared this story before, I remember back in school, like feeling a little bit of pride or a little bit of maybe happiness or excitement, like uh, I was, like some positive emotion because I could speak Gujarati and I spoke a third language when most people didn't speak a third language. So I thought that was really cool. And because I spoke Gujarati, it's it's a language that no one, like a lot of people didn't know about. I didn't meet a lot of Gujaratis. Like I was one of the only ones I ever knew. So it was always cool. I felt like a cool guy sharing like, oh yeah, I speak Gujarati. You speak what? What is that? What does that mean? And then through serendipity, as I was growing up, what's interesting, is if we look at, let's say, high school, right? I met a friend, actually junior high, now that I think about it, but high school where is where the story matters. I had a really good friend. He's currently one of my best friends. Amjad is his name. And in high school, we when we were in grade 11, so we're like, what is that, 15 years old? Yeah, 15, approximately, 16. We 16, actually. We're 16, and we go to Germany on a on a, uh, like a music trip, because I played in the high school band. When we went to Germany, our, our, our band teacher had given us a small booklet with just some simple, simple German phrases. He spoke some German. He actually was German of German descent originally. So he spoke some German. So he gave us a little book with some basic phrases. And Amjad and I, our last names start with almost the same letter. My, my last name starts with an R, his starts with a T. So we were always together when we would stay in different homestays throughout Germany when we're traveling with our band. So we're always staying in the same houses. And both of us had, like both of us would try and dissect like the German in this little book that we're given and we try and piece together how German worked and we tried to teach ourselves German without using the internet, using only this little tiny phrase book, literally like two pages, three pages, really, really short. So. That was another very positive experience. I had a bonding experience with a guy who is now one of my closest friends, if not my closest friend. We had a bonding experience that associated around a language. So again, another positive experience around language. I could literally talk about this forever, but throughout my my, my formative years of growing up, I had lots of cool and positive and positive and happy experiences with languages. And I've been learning languages since the age of five. So of course, naturally, it's something that perhaps for me comes a little bit more natural, excuse me, a little bit more natural than someone who grew up monolingual, never touched another language. And now at the age of 32, you're trying to learn a new language. So that's, you know, there's a lot of factors like that that matter when you start to look at, well, why can so-and-so speak so many languages and they seem to pick it up easily and I don't? I think another thing it's really important to look at is what languages does that person actually speak? So if you're looking at someone who speaks eight languages, what are those eight languages? Are they French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese? Like, are they all in the same language family? Well, if that's the case, naturally they're going to find it easier to pick up those languages. So it might seem very impressive to you that, oh wow, they speak five, six, eight, twelve, 12, whatever number of languages, But perhaps a lot of them are within the same language family. And so that's an important thing to look at as well. Another thing that's uh, within the same kind of discussion topic here um, is how fluent are they really? Like if I hear someone speak, who knows, like Russian and they're a Russian learner, they might only be adequately fluent, like maybe at like some level of conversational. But to me, who speaks no Russian, they seem like they're really fluent. I'm like, oh, you're like amazing. Wow, you're super duper fluent. Holy cow. And it's just because I don't know any better. I don't have a radar. I don't have any way to judge how good they really are because I don't speak any Russian whatsoever. So that's another thing when you're looking at people and you're like, oh, how are they so good? Maybe they're not so good. Maybe they're like, okay, but you think that they're really, really good. So that's yet another factor that you have to look at. So at the end of the day, there's a lot of factors. And I think like when I was talking about I've gone for five years and I'm at like an intermediate level, I bet you anything that if you like, if, the, if someone who did not speak any Mandarin observed me in a Mandarin class, like in, let's say in a, like a private class or whatever, like I can carry that whole class in Mandarin and I could speak and I can understand like we could have that whole class mostly, if not the whole thing in Mandarin. So you might look at that and say, wow, Azrin's so good at Mandarin. Holy man, he's made it. But my definition of I've made it with Mandarin is very different than some other people. My definition is when I feel, when I speak in Mandarin, it feels like I'm speaking English or or maybe French or Spanish. Like it feels really comfortable. When I turn on the TV, I understand basically everything. When I do like, that's the kind of level that um that i am seeking out in mandarin and i'm not really there yet i've still got a lot i've got a lot of my journey a lot of ground left to cover so it's a whole bunch of different um, factors and i think the way to summarize it is that it's not necessarily a factor of study methodology not necessarily and i think maybe i'm guessing but my intuition says that i'm going this is some slightly maybe slightly con- controversial territory because when you look at you know many people who speak languages many polyglots many language teachers many whatever they always have this advice like oh you just have to do it like this yeah you can get these kinds of results you just you just have to follow this type of program you just have to follow this kind of research don't you know that your brain actually learns best like this and not like this you just have to do it like this and you can start to have really, really good results. Which by the way, is 100% true. There is a lot of research. There are things that work. There are things that perhaps don't work. Like this is all 100% true. But where the communication gets a little bit, perhaps a little bit misconstrued, perhaps. And I'm, I'm guessing here, I'm going out on a limb. I haven't done enough research to know for a fact, but I'm, I'm guessing here that perhaps where the things get misconstrued is um, someone believes that so-and-so has better, like person A has better results than you because they are doing something that they are doing something better than what you're doing. It might be true and it might not really be true. And probably what the actual answer is, is that it's true to an extent, but that's not the, that's not the only thing. You're not going to suddenly find a better methodology and wow, you're really skyrocketing. And next thing you know, two years later, you're like really strong, not in my, in my opinion, not necessarily. So, you know, that it was a really interesting direct message and I wanted to, to answer it in more of a, in like a podcast form and in, in a longer, in a longer form here. Cause I think that I can answer it in a lot more in a much more full kind of way. Changing gears a little bit. It's a similar topic, but, um, but uh slightly different it's in relation to something that someone posted on my on my facebook i posted i might have talked about it, i don't remember anymore if i did but um i posted a thing on my facebook saying like hey i think if you're like you should be like it's a good idea it, it can be a really good idea for people to 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 spend some money on their language learning and specifically, the number I'd, arbit- I'd kind of chosen arbitrarily was like $500 in a year. That was a number I'd thrown out there. And someone left a comment basically saying, Hey, if you're spending $500 a year, you're probably using private tutors. Like, and if you're not, or private tutors or teachers. And if you're not using private tutors and such, you're probably spending $100 a year or yeah, or, or less. And it was an interesting kind of insight. It, it, it was... It was—I uh, don't know—it it got my brain thinking, and I—I do—I I, how do I say this? I—I um, I, I think that there are people for some—man, oh this is difficult to say—but um, I think there are some people who, for one reason or another, stray away from using. Um, from using, from maximizing their, the usage of, of teachers or private tutors. I actually think they're a really good resource. I think, you know, finding a tutor and paying them a hundred bucks for four hours of lessons or whatever it is, right? $80, 70, 120, like it can solve a lot of problems really quickly than, than anything you could do just on your own time. And it was just a random little thing that I wanted to, to touch on as in this, in this, in this, uh, in this podcast here. Um, aside from that, I don't think there's anything really that I want to talk about, nothing else that comes to mind, so let's wrap this up here. Thank you for listening, I appreciate your attention, you guys rock, and we will talk, uh, very, very soon. Bye for now, see you.